Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. You know, grass withers, flower fades, but God's word stands forever, and he is going to take his arm ruling for him and give his reward and and literally resurrect this people um, up out of out of the dust. And I think that's a... I mean, obviously, Ezekiel makes that resurrection explicit resurrection, but here, that image of vulture consuming death, yeah. and turning it into life, and soaring with it—I just, that's beautiful to me. Um, now, it screws up all the it screws up all the pictures and the Christian bookstores, but what makes sense of the text? It, it, it is a literal reading of the text, though, yeah. as opposed to a yeah. convenient reading of the text, a marketable reading of the text. Christian gifts screw up the text. Yeah. <laughs> so. Little precious moments. So uh, I've got a turnabout, fair play. Got a great. I've got to have to bring that book to you because it's a list of Christian top ten lists, and one of them was the top ten least popular precious moment figurines. Um, <laughs> help me, Lord! I broke my nose. Um, my personal favorite was the number one most least popular was uh, "Help me, Lord! I've sentimentalized the gospel for money." That was, oh, <laughs> that was wow. the number one least wow. popular precious moment figurine. <laughs> wow! So anyway, welcome to. Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to Reading in Church and Other Distractions. I am Robert Wallace. I'm Michael McKeever. And we are doing the readings for December the 17th, 2017, the third Sunday of Advent. Uh, So we have Christmas fast approaching for us. Awesome. Which is very true. Um, We've got uh, four texts this week. Isaiah 61, or selections from Isaiah 61. Um, we decided, I decided, Mike gave me the option that yep. we do the Magnificat instead of Psalm 126, because okay. I think the Magnificat is interesting. Oh, yeah. It's it's a good one. So Luke 1, 46b to 55, First yes. uh, Thessalonians 5, 16 to 24, and John 1, 6 to 8, and 19 to 28. Selections. So this is, they, they've decided that in the year of Mark, we will do <laughs> Luke. Luke and John. And Thessalonians. But yeah. now, in fairness... It must be hard to do a nativity story for Mark. Yeah. You know, it's hard to short. focus on Mary and her function. How many parts if you're going to do it as a play? <laughs> you're going to do the nativity portion based on Mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's pretty, pretty yeah. quiet evening. So that'll be good. Um, so make sure you follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. And, you know, I haven't been posting a lot lately, so I tell people to do that, but there's no real reward oh. or benefit for them. So I feel bad about that. Okay. I'm going to have to start. I don't think I even know all of our accounts. I may not be following all our accounts. It would be good if you were involved in some way. <laughs> so, so, but do that. I will try and be more active in my tweeting and posting. Okay. Yeah. And, and, explain uh, this Twitter to me after, when follow, we're done. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. It's not like, not, I can explain Mastodon to you. That's where, this the, whole face tweet thing. thing. Yeah. It's snap faces. Interesting. Snap face. <laughs> and uh, face Ninja. chat. Uh, but we will uh, try and be a little more active and, and say something there. Or you can send us an email. I, I Last week I listened and I, I invited them to send an email and didn't tell them where. So it was at <laughs> readinginchurch at gmail.com would All be right. the easiest way to do yeah, that. Yeah. And we would be happy to answer questions or read birthday wishes or yeah. mm-hmm. good recipes. I don't yeah. know. Whatever you've got, we'll, yeah. we'll listen. Well, you know what? Why don't we go to the phones if they have yeah, questions? <laughs> That's a good idea. All right. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Um, Caller to Luca Lake. Up the You're tape. on. <laughs> West of the Rockies. <laughs> so we just got back from Boston. Yeah. That was good. We that just got back from excellent. our 
That our conference and really I had a, good. I did a really Not good time. Not always. No, what we say. No, it I don't think really, we talked much about it last time, other than the weather and the beautiful river, in San Antonio. True. We we no. had a. It was a good. I I saw sat on some good sessions. I, I, I discovered there was a thing called Islander hermeneutics. Yeah, I, you told uh, me Polynesian you, biblical scholars they blew that your are mind. reading it that way. Which is I saw very some books on that. Did you really? Yeah. I, they said they were there, there but I didn't. Some books on that. Uh, Samia apparently has a commentary series on. Uh, Polynesian biblical interpretation. Yep. So yep. a lot of insight regarding water in the Old Testament. If you ever start a seminary, I'm applying there. Uh, well, yeah, that's, that wouldn't be... <laughs> well, you know, some of the issues they deal with is uh, ecological because with climate change, they're losing their islands. Oh, oh yeah. And they, there's, you know, it was interesting because he was talking about how historically they'd had very positive views of water and water interpretation. And now this next generation is growing up in a time when the typhoons are more violent and the sweet yeah. water is not as sweet mm-hmm. anymore and the islands are li- losing and that the younger the, generations actually are viewing water more negatively. The coral historically. is so different when I went to Hawaii this year than last time. It's yeah. just, it's, de- it's devastating. Yeah. The higher. Micronesia used to be called Nisia. It was just Nisia <laughs> back Nisha. in the day. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Shrinking all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the capital of Micronesia is not on the large island of Yap. I didn't know if you knew that. It's on a smaller island. On one of the smaller micro islands. Uh, but anyway. File that away, folks. <laughs> I believe that Micronesia is less than 300 square miles of actual land, but covers <laughs> over a million square miles in the Pacific. <laughs> yeah. This answers the question. Was Rob the guy who mentioned Micronesia to me recently? <laughs> yes. That would probably confirm that. Oh, you know, that was that guy on the floor. No, who was it said that it's like having Google on the floor every now and then I, <laughs> someone asked me a question and I, yeah, it's like, wow, it's like having a live action Google walking yeah. around on the floor. It's Thank great. you, Wikipedia. Anyway, how about we read? Yeah. I can hear people yelling at us to read probably. Yeah. I just want to say in the spirit of Christmas, yes, I'm drinking a Christmas tree also known as Vernon's Verner's. original, Verner's, Verner's original yeah. Ginger ale. Yeah. yeah. Being being originally from Michigan, I know Verner's well. It's like drinking a Christmas tree. It's pretty strong yeah. ginger ale. Second um, strongest ginger ale I've ever had. <laughs> We're just going to keep coming back to that, aren't you? I do what I can, man. It's a good ginger ale. So anyway. All right. Let's Isaiah. do Isaiah 61. Yeah, got it right here. <laughs> oh, man, this is a good text. It this is a very good text. Spirit of the Lord, God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You got to stop there? Yeah. Oh, that's a Jesus thing. <laughs> that's I'll roll Jesus, up my scroll. At Jesus this didn't roll your scroll up and sit down? <laughs> and the but day then of Jesus vengeance. continued, yes. or the Bible yeah, continued. The Bible continues. Jesus did not. And the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Maybe that's not original, then. <laughs> To provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. This They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. 
as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what it is sown in to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Okay. Yowza. That's a good passage. I think we've come full circle here. Ended in a garden there. We did end in a garden, didn't we? Um, Boy, you know, what do you want to do? This is obviously Jubilee language. Um, from Leviticus. Uh, obviously. Obviously, Jubilee. To us. To us, it's obvious, yeah. yeah. But it is. It's picking up on the those themes of setting prisoners free and liberty and the day of the favorable day of the Lord. Right, right. What happens on Jubilee? Slaves go uh, free? Well, historically, nothing. But nothing. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> theoretically... <laughs> yeah. Like in ca- Canadian Jubilee, what do they do? <laughs> the, it's different. The slaves are set free. The debts are forgiven. The land goes back to the original owners as a reminder that, that it belongs to God and not to the owners. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a, a, a... And girls can ask guys to the dance? Yeah, I think, different year? I think that's the Sadie Hawkins oh, year. Okay. That's a little different. Um, but it's a... It, you know this this wonderful um, economic reset button mm-hmm. that um, provides some some forgiveness and hope and and was never actually observed. So it doesn't end like Monopoly with it the board flying across ever the room. End like Monopoly yeah. and where people end up hating one another. Mm-hmm. No, it goes on forever. Yeah. But it never actually unlike happened. our plan. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any evidence that Jubilee was ever observed. Yeah. In history, but uh, this is good. God, we have an, um, kind of an anointing. Uh, I, w- I would say this is a, a appropriation of a call narrative in some ways that you mm. have this this call spirit. And on the heels uh, of um, the last person who was anointed was in Isaiah forty two. That was Cyrus, mm. uh, and then you have the spirit on the servant in the servant passages. Yeah. Now we get this new uh, moment here where the spirit of the Lord goes on me because God has anointed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this brings about those things which were promised and, you know, alluded to before on the heels of the servant and even on the heels of Cyrus in some way, uh, God's going to, to balance it out. This is that return from uh return from exile. And you see the word in 61 verse two to comfort all whom that's that same word again, mm-hmm. whom, that, mm-hmm. that ending of exile, that building up, um, God is going to give them a garland instead of the ashes. Book of comfort. <laughs> yes, the book of comfort. They're this is in, the book of comfort from Jeremiah. In Jeremiah. Um, and we see what God is after. God loves justice. God hates wrongdoing. God is going to make sure the scales balance. Um, yeah, I, this is a great. I, I do think it's neat, the bridegroom and the bride language here, mm-hmm. that uh, next chapter is when we get um, the promise that God's the relationship God has with people, they'll be the land is going to be called uh, married and never again be divorced oh, yeah. or forsaken. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the and some of some people might know the old Southern gospel song, Beulah Land. Yeah, uh, Beulah is the marriage. Uh, it's ah, the ah. that word for marriage. So that's the marriage land is what it's going to be. It's going to be a, a place of covenant and not a place of divorce or separation. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wanted to open up a archaeological replica store. Uh, that sold, uh, you know, seal impressions, which are called Bule, and name it Bule Land. I thought that would be a great. <laughs> I mean, that's just a where is he going with million this? dollar idea? This sounds I like a think, setup right there. It's going to what we do, Bule Land. So file that with your on your list of million dollar ideas. That's, that's it. That's like something my wife would tell me. <laughs> Why don't you put that in the file? Yeah, that's good. But uh, I did look up. That's pure gold. This is interesting. You know, we get the word good news, and we talked a lot about oh, good news mm-hmm, last week. Yeah. 
um, I was wondering what in Hebrew what that that, that looks like, and it's the word oh. basar, oh. which is interesting because that is a homophone to the word for flesh or yeah. meat. Or meat. Yeah. I said I thought I heard that. Before. Yeah, and huh. it's in the first half of um, Isaiah. It's used a lot for uh, peoples, like all all flesh, all peoples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in other places, like in Leviticus, it's used for meat. It's, you know, it's like mm-hmm. literally eating meat. Good news is um, what's for dinner. It's, <laughs> good news is what's for dinner. But it, it's, I, I wondered, particularly in the second part of Isaiah, if we're doing a pun on all flesh and good news, because oh, there's several yeah. sections yeah, where all flesh and good news is coming mm-hmm. out uh, at a time. So that, that was kind of neat to me to learn that word. I didn't, I never, I never knew that pun. That I mean, never even knew that that was a homophone. Let's share that with our culture that despises puns, as we were talking about. Yeah, that's right. American culture doesn't care much for puns, but uh, most other white American white culture American doesn't culture. care much. Yeah, most other cultures really have respect for clever verbal plays, but oh. not us. So, but this is what we see. This is who God is, right? God is anointing us to bring good news to the oppressed and bind up the broken and liberty and justice. So that's that's, that's God. Classic that's God's, God's thing. Classic God stuff, as confirmed by Jesus. And Jesus shows that's what yeah. God does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it is nice. Anything you want to talk about here? I mean, this is obviously used in Luke, right? This is yeah. his big first sermon. This is yeah, Jesus' first sermon. You often hear that Jesus preaches in um, synagogues. That's the, but you only hear what he preaches in Luke 4, where he quotes this. Okay. And uh, stops, as we said, stops at... Too uh, early for them. Claim the year of Lord's favor, right? Yeah. And uh, if you look at contemporary interest in this um, passage, Qumran had commentary on, on Isaiah, and they gave a disproportionate amount of commentary to the last part. To the, the day, day of, of the Lord's vengeance. Yeah, because yeah. they thought... We're living in the desert, man. We're we're golden. We're right. we're we're the people. You know, we're doing what it said in Isaiah forty. We're preparing the way of the Lord in the wilderness. So it's going to be bad news for everyone else. And let's talk about that. You know, let's break into groups and talk about how talk about God's vengeance. Yeah, the, God's tough nuggies on everybody else, and uh, it's going to be like a jubilee for us. So Jesus interpretively um, doesn't complete the passage. It goes the other way, and he says this that doesn't define me. That mm-hmm. is not what God's good news is. Interesting. He's yeah. That I mean, this the day of the vengeance of our God. I think you could argue is statement of God balancing the scales, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's the these people at this point. I think that the verses that we have omitted, yeah, are commenting on how they have received twice their yeah. deserved punishment, right? And so God is going to to fix that issue and pay them back yeah, twice, and, right? I mean that that notion of vengeance here, it it's not. And what's interesting in the Old Testament in particular, you never get a repayment that exceeds Lex Talionis, right? Mm-hmm. It's always a, uh, it's a, it's a balancing of the scales, even in the imprecatory Psalms, the cursing Psalms. Okay. They never ask for punishment on their enemies greater than they have suffered. Yeah. They only yeah. ask to the degree they have suffered. So, so that is a sense of, mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't think of vengeance as strutting yeah. and making a point, but yeah. I think that here it's, it's, Balancing the scales, showing they are not forsaken, showing that God hasn't left them, showing that, but you're right, people take that and then run with it. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And that could be, you know, Jesus' interpretive um, um, selection might be responding to his time and yeah. his culture. Yeah. Who are taking scripture in an unintended direction. Right. It's interesting to think about that. That's a, that's let's a take point. a moment to do let's, that. Let's just, you and I just, <laughs> hmm, stroke our beard and think about this, is that we have beards. So. Oh, good. Probably. Yeah. 
they've got pictures on they've the got internet, pictures on the internet they okay. can find us yeah. so internet once again right. yes it's good stuff You ready to uh, move on? Yeah, I guess it's me from now on. It is, oh, yeah. Boy. You to handle okay. the rest. I'm just going to go All and right. you talk amongst yourself. Um, I'll start with the Magnif. I love Magnificat. This yeah. is good. I think I'll sing it in Latin. No, love. Yeah, I'll go good. ahead and ring it in English, I guess. Luke 1, 46b to 55. Uh, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Loudly. Uh, okay, should did, I read it? Should I read it louder? Pro- pro- prophesying. I'm not reading it no, loud no, enough. That's good. No, okay. look at the no, look at like the note. Okay, fine. all right. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness <laughs> of his servant. Surely, that is his servant. Surely, <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, no servant. punctuation. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He's shown strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things, sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Wow, that was fast. Okay, thought Thank I had you. more time. Okay. No. <laughs> so I, I have seen so many posts this week. Probably because this is coming, and the in, that uh, people are complaining about that song, "Mary, Did You Know?" Oh, really? Uh, yeah, the the whole "Mary, Did You Know?" They they have this whole thing broken mm. down there. Let's look at the Magnificat and see what she knew. Oh, and they go what, down and go down and know? go down. When yeah, did she know? You it? know what? Yeah, she knew. She Shut knew. up. <laughs> Listen to the women. <laughs> this is a dumb song. Of course, Mary knew. She sang about it. Zechariah didn't know. She knew. Right. So, that's right. That's what this so is. So it was all really. About. A, I, it's been funny. I've seen like yeah. four posts this week complaining uh, about Mary. Did you know? Okay. It's like yes, that's good. yes. She knew. Read Luke. T- go ahead. Yeah. When I texted you about this, I said, "Which which passage should we read?" You said, "Let's listen to the women." That's what I said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I said, "Always a smart choice" or something. You did. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in the larger context, this is this is showing how exemplary Mary is compared to that knucklehead Zechariah <laughs> who didn't perceive anything. Hence the poetic justice of not being able to say anything. He mm-hmm. just he can't doesn't see or hear correctly and so yeah. a little kind of poetic um temporary judgment of not being able to speak. And, and talk about the shame. The very thing he should have remembered is the thing she mentions in fifty five, Abraham. Yeah, uh, and yeah, his right. Yeah, that Abraham. should have come to mind for him. <laughs> yeah. An old guy yeah, yeah. having a baby? Who ever heard of that? What? <laughs> and so she brings it up <laughs> in her true. celebration yeah, there's here. there's about 25 mentions or echoes of Abraham in the uh, in the infancy stories, in the Christmas in, stories in, in, in Luke. In Luke. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just to reinforce what a knucklehead the <laughs> Zechariah is. is. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't come off too well. Initially, he's restored. Yes. He's an example of one who fails, but is restored. And he gets it. A transfer, he's been transformed. So, yeah, that's a it's an important sort of person's story to include mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the good news also, I think. Yeah, so this is a, a very parallel accounts all the way through of Jesus and John's birth or their families. You know, right. the stories behind it actually goes into— uh, Luke 3, where they're both in the wilderness and the beginning of their ministries. But this is Mary coming across as uh, extremely— She gets it. She she gets it, yeah. She gets it, and she submits to God's plan. She gets it, and sometimes she doesn't get it, but she's still obedient. Right, she's She's pondering. She is wondering. It's like, more stuff's going to happen. This 
this guy's going to grab her baby in the uh, temple and say this stuff, and she's going to ponder these things. Like, hmm, hmm. Didn't see that coming. Some farm workers came by and said our, our kid's going to be the Messiah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, she already thought probably. But yeah, this is, um, this is quite a, some people talk about this as a manifesto, you know, a, a young peasant girl. This is really disrupting the world the way things are. And, uh, um, it is it is uh, really a lot of strong verbs, not just the, the verb choices, but um, um, where they're found in the in the cloud. All the verbs mm-hmm. are forward to to kind of um, emphasize them. Um, I thinking the uh, I thinking the two main themes are are like if it was a thesaurus, they the main emphases would be like. Wrote these down because I had to write this. Actually, write about this for this curriculum, so I, I brought that with me. I think it's something like um, mercy and power. Really, God are the two things. Yeah, the, the 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 themes that are the verbs keep hitting. So, isn't oh boy mercy been, and strength? Some variations on that. Been a long time since mercy and dynamite. That's what you're yeah. telling me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Fortunately, that's not that word. Oh, okay. Uh, Is this the very first time in the Gospels that? God is that called Savior. No. no, that God is called Savior. What? I know that Luke is the only one who uses hmm. Savior, isn't uh, he? Hmm, I don't um, know. I don't and I, I don't think before now he would be called Savior. This is chapter one. in God. My sa- oh, that God is called Savior. That yeah. could be. Yeah, it could yeah. be. I, uh, I'm just curious. I just did, I didn't know that. What was announced to? Hmm. I would want to go back and look at what the announcement to the shepherds was. That would be after this. Shepherds. Oh, that's right. Shepherds yeah, yeah, would yeah. come after right. the pregnancy, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm a little fuzzy on some of yeah. the order. That sounds right. I think that is the order in Luke. <laughs> I think the order in Luke is <laughs> the first. birth is after. Birth, birth comes after, after the, the pregnancy. Yeah. I think so. In this gospel. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, that's good right. One. Good catch. Uh, well, you know, I'm an Old Testament guy, but I try to read the text. So, oh, man. Yeah, this is uh, very much a um, turning things upside down. Right, this mm-hmm. is kind of not the way the world works, right? Um, brought down the powerful from their thrones and lift up the holy, the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Mm-hmm. And this is a the first part of this. Um, probably would be understood as a prophetic song mm-hmm. that she's uh, filled with the spirit at the greeting and uh, and and prophesies this song. And there's, let's see, there's three of these in the infancy narrative. There's there's the Benedictus after uh, Zechariah's tongue is loose. Right. There's this, which is referred to as the Magnificat, and then there's the, uh, I think it's in the Latin of the uh, third one of Simeon is the Nuc, nuc Dimittis. Now yep. dismiss thy servant. You know. Okay. So they're always interpretive songs. They they interpret what is happening in the narrative. They're kind of like a Greek chorus that interprets the the drama. Kinda, it's it's kind of stepping outside of the flow of the narrative and. And and helping you understand what's going on. So this is what God is doing, mm-hmm. and she, and what Mary does is she uh, announces it in first person in the first half. This is what God has done for me. For me, yeah. And then it's look what He has done for Israel. Yeah, for Israel, for God's people, and that is often the way the Gospels or a good good storyteller is going to tell a big story. I mean, Luke Acts is the longest narrative in the New Testament. Yeah, Luke Acts twenty seven percent of our New Testament. So you have a very long story, a very big story, one that taps into the Old Testament story and takes it to an open-ended, you know, mission that the church is mm-hmm. still engaging in, even in, even in Rome. 
so these having these reference points, interpretive asides, and um, and then smaller stories within that kind of put a, a individual human face on it. Yeah. So Mary and Zechariah are these uh, um, personal stories for what God is doing for them. Mm-hmm. God is doing for His people, and they both represent different kinds of response to what God is doing. One person who doesn't grasp mm-hmm. it and fails to to lay hold of it, but but ultimately does. In fact, okay, this is this brings me back to what I had said to you. I just did a quick search on this because I wasn't mm-hmm. listening to you. Uh-huh. And no, I was listening. I'm yeah. kidding. Of um, the news or, or or the text. <laughs> I don't know. We're, <laughs> oh God, my Savior. Yes. Yeah. Um, the first time it's mentioned is this one. Okay. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mm-hmm. The next time the word Savior is mentioned is in the Benedictus. Ah. Zechariah says, okay. he has raised up a mighty Savior ah. for us in the house of his servant David. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that was part of the announcement of the angel. And angels. then huh. the uh, angels say in Luke 2, for unto you is born this day in the city of a David savior. a Savior. Yeah. Okay. So we move from... Her saying God is Savior huh. to her, him uh, recognizing yeah, that right. the one who is coming is a Savior to yeah. the angel saying the Savior is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess the only other gospel that mentions the word Savior and who talks it? Uh, Matthew? I don't Wrong. know. Oh. John, John has the word Savior. Guess who says it? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's the only person in John who really gets what's going on. Oh, is it the beloved disciple? Well, the other, the other person in John who gets what's going on. Sorry. Samaritan uh, woman. Oh, the Samaritan, Samaritan woman. Samaritan yes. woman says, "Truly, oh, the good. savior of the world." Excellent. That's a little bit more, a little more ammo about how awesome she is. It is. She's she gets him yeah. as savior, savior of the so. world. Yeah, just the one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We've heard ourselves, and we know this is truly the savior of the world. Wow. So anyway, I just thought that was that's cool. Nice. That, there's a there's a sermon there, buddy. There is a sermon there. Yeah. So <laughs> that's great. So I just think that that's neat. The progression. She says, "God is savior." Zechariah says, "The savior is coming," and the angels mm-hmm. say, "Here he is." Says as you get through that. That's very interesting. So that so there's an acknowledgement that Jesus is the savior that God is, and and then, Zechariah is paralleling what John does. Yeah, he, he, Zechariah might not be clear what that means, and John is not totally clear what it means. Yeah, but he's announcing, forerunning. Very interesting. Wow, yeah, that, that's, that's interesting. Now, I did not know that savior was in each of those songs. So yeah, but yeah, that's a very that's a kind of the way our gospels um, in the synoptics they'll say that's the way they'll make a divine claim. They'll yeah. say something that was traditionally understood as God. As God, right? Jesus is Jesus appropriates that, right. or or it's understood that Jesus is that fulfillment or the embodiment of it. So functionally, they'll they'll make divine claims functionally. Like, well, where where does it ever say that Jesus is God? Like every page, yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you know how to read it. Well, like you know who who in the world could. St- still a chaotic waters and yeah. the sea. Yeah, who is this? Who yeah. could that? Yeah, that's like saying, how can an old person have right. kids, you know? <laughs> right, right. And then, you know, you get the, uh, well, the the sermon we just looked at um, that Jesus quotes from in Isaiah, that, you know, the Spirit of the Lord has pro- pro- proclaimed yeah. the year of the Lord's mm-hmm. favor, that, yeah. that, that Jesus is, that's the kind of thing I'm working for here. It's God talk, right? Yeah. Fighting for justice. Right, right. Um, lifting up the poor. It's the kind of thing God does. That's me. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. So that's so it, right. It's a it's a deity yeah. claim. Yeah, it's a it's without... a, she's talking about salvation very similar to the kind of um social, cultural dynamics that Jubilee's talking about. Yeah. Reset. Yeah. You know, reset good news. How do you how do you talk about this new yeah. thing that God is doing? You you use some older examples you to understand whether it be Jubilee or, or something else. Mm-hmm. This There's... seems to be the the back the backwards day, the upside down day, right? The mm-hmm. down is up, up is down. Yeah. That you we talked about. 
a couple and, of weeks and ago. That's all the way through, all the way through uh, Luke. So um, flipping everything upside. If down. If we didn't understand that, like here's an interpretive aside. You realize it's stepping out of the the narrative flow to say something. It's like you're going to see this all the way through. This yeah. pattern is repeated all the way through, and it's a very disruptive um, eruption of God's new world. You know, mm-hmm. our world, and it is it is characterized through the image of um, transposition, status transposition, the lowly being lifted up, and the the uh, the honored being brought down, and um, in terms of strength and and all these other ways. There's a million different ways that things are reversed in Luke's gospel. Yeah. What is interesting, though, as uh, as as he goes up to as he gets close to Jerusalem, the the Zac- the um, the um, who's this short guy? <laughs> Zacchaeus. <laughs> what can I say? I'm going to say Zacchaeus. Who's, who's that short guy? <laughs> you know, yeah. Zacchaeus. Yeah, he's short in status, stature, status. It's a there's a pun right there, and that what's the big thing about him? The big thing about <laughs> the Zacchaeus big thing about Zacchaeus is the uh, is uh, his stature. Okay. His, Problems with stature, which could mean a couple of things. Well, when you get there, he's been—it's been opposite day all the way through. Yeah, and you could think like, "Oh, I get it. The kingdom of God is just—it's uh, these like these stereotypes, like I use. I just use opposite stereotypes." Yeah, and that that story kind of deconstructs that at the last before he goes up and dies. He goes, "Oh yeah, the stuff about kingdom being opposite day—it's not opposite day." Okay, those stereotypes, you know, those stereotypes I was using to deconstruct your stereotypes—got to chuck those too. Okay, because mm-hmm. you can't. Because stereotypes are how we put people in boxes and put people in holes mm-hmm. and classify people and say, this person's in, this person's out. Right. And if anything, you read through Luke, it's like, it's very surprising who ends up being in and out. And right. there's no way of predicting it. There's no human standard for doing that. So this, when people react against this, like they do in our country, because we're rich and yeah. <laughs> we don't want this to happen, um, realize that no, that it's, it's one way to point to this totally other kind of world that's emerging mm-hmm. and is going to be so disruptive to the way things are. It's not simply going to reinforce other, you know, in insiders and outsiders. It's going to take apart those categories that okay. we say by human standards, this person's in or this person's okay. out. It's not going to be not going to be able to do that. So the opposite day it, it kind of stays opposite day, right? Blessed are the poor, mm-hmm. feel bad about those rich folks. Yeah. And then until you get to Zacchaeus, when he's like it, that he kinda, story undermines, he kind of throws that into question because Luke's very careful with his stereotypes. Um, tax collectors always result, um, right. uh, respond positively. He's also rich. He's also a ruler. He's over other tax collectors. They never respond. So you've been real careful about keeping these separate. What do I do with this character? Yeah, it's very it's subtle, but it's intentional to say. Yeah, the, I, the things I've been saying by stereotypes is kind of like a scaffolding to build a new structure, but then you got to pull that scaffolding down. Mm-hmm. And that guy kind of raises that question, like, um, yeah, the stereotypes? Yeah. yeah. That's not Because that. he is a faithful, no. rich, ruling mm-hmm. tax collector. Yeah. Which... It's like, that. you're mixing up the characters. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I know who was a good guy and a bad guy. By this point, it's like, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that there that you think that there you is such a thing know. as that. Yeah, yeah. So it it's uh it is straining. It's use it's it's at the limits of language to say what is this new thing God is doing, but talking about it in the most disruptive sort of poetic turn the world upside down way of doing it is what they do. Mm. It points to the something new. It's not synonymous with that. And th- now, is there anything? You know, we were talking. I was talking about listening to the women. This is still a thoroughly patriarchal society. 
And wait a minute, let me look who's doing the podcast. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> I meant yeah. that. Oh, oh, I meant then was this oh, But yes, that's true. We are two guys. Um, Our very diverse white guy it, department. Yeah, that's right. We're incredibly diverse white guys. Incredibly diverse. Um, group of white guys. The, <laughs> but in this thoroughly patriarchal setting with Mary, we have this story. She yeah. is. She is an. Uh, she's testifying. She's here. a star. How is this going to be received in this gospel? I mean, from oh. this gospel, how would how would this be heard when this? You know what I mean? The, the reader, the original audience, the original readers. So they read this woman who gives this kind of testimony. Yeah. What? They, how they, do you receive that? They well, it's interesting. It, you, you would think about is there a community, you know, or an intended community? There's a broader community, sure. And, but it is told in a way that really resonates with the Gentile question, like how am I in? How am I in? Okay. And how are those Jews out? How did that happen? Okay. Does that call into question whether I'm even in or not? What gotcha. is going on? Well, let me explain how it's going on. So this gospel to outsiders is being told from the outsider here, yeah. someone who would be outside. Right. The... So as we're reading these parallel accounts gotcha. of uh, Zechariah and and uh, uh, who's not small, as, we, as far as we know. <laughs> we don't know his status. His name does begin as he. Zechariah is very high status. Um, he's male. He's old. He's a priest. Mm-hmm. Everything about him is stellar yeah mary is a young uh female poor she's from nazareth where not even mentioned in the old testament yeah right um and there's nothing that says why she's favored right she doesn't just we don't know there's no backstory on mary right okay yet (laughs) (laughs) tradition church tradition right but she's just favored because that's a god god does that kind of thing and he lifts up the lowly and And she gets it and so so this okay so what you're seeing here is the outsiders this is a a comfort to the outsider to hear her say this you see this juxtaposition of insider outsider because he's all about the outsiders through this whole whole book oh yeah outsiders who are talking yeah on 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 small scales and big scales there's a this reversal and and the whole infancy narrative story of john and jesus it reverses from John's story begins in the the holy place of the temple and mm-hmm. ends in the wilderness, and Jesus' story begins in the very peripheral location of uh, of Nazareth and ends in the temple. Right, with him being a twelve year old precocious twelve right. year old who stays behind and right. teaches schools the uh, schools the scholars in right. the, in the temple. So well, there's that's... everything is you know in terms of we, we we go right, but those are kind of opposite spaces. Those right. are those are periphery and center, you know, and there's there's a double juxtaposition there. So it's a favorite go-to of, of Luke to um, reverse things, okay. to talk about things in terms of reversal. Also to put a male-female pair. Right. Um, all the way through, it's like 17 or 18 stories or episodes, one after the other. You know, it's a male, then a female, then a female, then a male, you know. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Wow. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love the Magnificat. That's so good. So I'm yeah. glad we I'm glad we did that. Very we good. can sacrifice a psalm this week for that. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today.
Are you ready for 1 Thessalonians? Yes, yeah, do that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 24. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. How can I'm going to pray without ceasing and rejoicing at the same time always? Yeah. That's going to, boy. Doing double duty. Multitask. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's three. Uh, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of the prof- of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Hmm. As I was looking at this, I was thinking, why is this, why is this in the mix of these yeah. Advent texts? And, I, and one of the things I connected with was the, uh, the don't quench the, the Spirit, the yeah. prophetic, you know, the Isaiah text, and, mm-hmm. then, and then the Luke, this is a prophetic utterance by, on Mary's part. Right. And, um, so we don't quench the spirit and don't despise so. the words of the prophets. Yeah, so yeah. Got but Isaiah test everything and, and hold fast to what is good. That's probably talking about the uh, the mess, the prophetic message tested mm-hmm. tested out. Mm-hmm. And I I learned something I'd never heard this. Uh, I was reading the end. Uh, this is the end of First Thessalonians, but okay. there's a sequel. So That's right. <laughs> so many end. unanswered questions yeah. from First yeah, Thessalonians. Oh wow, what yeah. a cliffhanger! But um, I heard someone say that. I heard. I read it in a in a commentary that uh, this thing about testing and holding fast. He referred to so, allegedly a saying of Jesus that the early church said this is a saying of Jesus, and, and it says that it says become approved money changers. It's like what? Where is I've that? Never heard that. I think maybe Clement or an early church father says that. Oh, says that Jesus says said become Jesus an approved said because, But it's not changer. just him. I think other someone at least more than the way it was referred to is is as though other writers in the early church okay. said that so i've never heard that and when, the way he was using it he wasn't explaining it it's like what i was sidetracked by like what i've never heard that yeah they treat it as though jesus said it and what it means is like um you can tell real from false you know a money a money changer can tell oh, okay. counterfeit from the real deal and and he was applying it <laughs> this thing that sidetracked me like jesus said that people thought jesus said that mm-hmm. Um, there was to, another guy named Jesus. Yeah, it might have been another Jesus. <laughs> very common name. Yeah. Uh, Josue or Josh. Josh. <laughs> Joshua. He could have been a lot of Jesus. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I was, yeah. I was reading pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's talking about the role of the Spirit, the role of yeah. prophetic utterances, and, and the role of, uh, well, discerning what is God saying to us, you know? Yeah. I think if we, if we didn't uh, grandstand and, and have to start things with, those say the Lord, you know, we could say, I, you know, I feel like, we should do this, you know, I feel like, right. you know, we should go this direction. I mean, I think we would give more place to that if it wasn't so out of step with our culture to, right. to you know, how we talk about God's leading, you know, the leading of the Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, God's perspective on our situation. Right. That's a good, that's a good word. That's true. But test it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll make just, sure. We'll test, we'll say whether that's a good word or not. Yeah. Test everything, hold fast to what is good. Do you want to say anything about uh, rejoicing always and praying without ceasing? Um, that is that is an attitude. That is a mindset. That okay. is not a literal. Not, there's no example of anyone <laughs> who's praying without ceasing. From the scholars I know who've read everything, they say there's no example of anyone ever doing that. There's no model for that. So that's talking about uh, don't give up, mm-hmm. don't stop, maintain uh, that mindset, uh, go about everything with that attitude, but it's not literally doing this. Like, hang on. Hey, can you do that? No, can't help you there. I'm I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying. Look, and, you just stopped me. <laughs> and rejoicing and giving thanks. But I'll get back to you. 
Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, Paul, Paul does, he's ministering all the time. It seems like he's praying all the time. He's going to pray at the end here. So. Yeah. He <laughs> so, does that. Made a God go. of peace himself. Modeling it. Not just talking about it. He's that's doing right. He's, he's doing, doing it. it. Right. 23. That's a prayer. That is. They call it a wish prayer. I never heard that either. May really? the God of peace himself sanctify you. You know, this is my may that I like the, maybe there's not a better word. I, I re, you read those prayers, may God, you yeah. know, bless. it's like a benedictions. It, it is. is. That's you what know? I'm reading yeah, it as. May God keep you. Yeah. This person referred to it as a wish prayer. I don't like that. It sounds weak. It does. That's too weak. Yeah. Don't read those commentary anymore. Yeah. That's may God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. He's wrapping it up. Yeah. Yeah. How and many more verses after this? Very, I think there's only a couple more. Oh, okay. Uh, or I thought it was the end. And then, and then I, I, I think there is actually another verse or two. He, he does take, I think he takes the pen in hand and says, there's something he says that seems to indicate he's closing out his letter with his yeah. own writing, whereas he's had a scribe do it before. That. I used to, uh, yeah, he's got uh, 25, 26, 27, 28. That's it. Yeah. The holy kiss part comes later. Ah, so we're not doing it. that. Right. Nope. Nope. <laughs> May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, i.e. spirit, soul, body. There's different ways they divide up the body. Right. Uh, they never make an issue about some sort of theology uh behind it or anthropology okay kind of the typical typical um biblical uh hebrew bible christian bible would be uh you are a, you are a living you soul. are a living yeah yeah, yeah. your your soul lives in your through your body or you're, yeah you're kind of one but in different contexts there's culturally there's different ways to divide it up mm-hmm. two three eight stoics i think divided into eight parts we're eight parts? Something like that. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, some philosophical treatise on that really go into that. It's always simply a way of saying entirely, completely. Yeah. Okay. And it might be, un- that might be sliced and diced differently Yeah. Uh, in different settings. You know, like a side of beef might be called, you know, <laughs> might cut up a side of beef differently. Sure. East Coast, West Coast. I think that's sure. probably the most elegant illustration. I think that's, <laughs> now I understand it. Yes. So. Ah, light bulb. So, you know, that you were saying that I don't think this is the thing where you can tell he wrote it. Uh, oh, I think you're probably no. thinking of Galatians 6. Well, someone mentioned it in what I was oh, reading. Oh, really? Because I don't see anything here. Oh. I solemnly command you by the Lord, this letter be read to all of them. Is that like... That doesn't make any sense, does it? That's Is mm. that what he means? Because I, I used to, you know, I don't know if people still do this, but back in the day when you're a holy teenager like I was, and always going to church and all this, you would always, whenever you would sign a note, you'd put a verse under it, right? And people oh, would always, you know, right. Philippians 4.13, okay, yeah. Philippians 4.8, you know, the Romans 3.12. Uh-huh. So I got into this habit of putting Galatians 6.11. See mm-hmm. what large letters I write with my own hand? Oh. <laughs> that's how I, oh, that's that good. was the verse I put yeah. under my signature. Okay. Uh, yeah. Just to see if anybody would look yeah. it up, you know? Yeah. It's like, really? That's what he put? Galatians 6.11? So. Well, so one commentator was thinking there is a, there is a, um, that's a, com- that's a common thing he probably does in most of his letters that he, he does come... You know, his well, his writing looks really bad next to the scribe's writing, and okay. he closes out the letter himself. Well, it could be, I mean, when you think about it, verse 27, I solemnly command you by the Lord that this letter be read to all of them, um, could be, I mean, that, yeah, I, that maybe that's... I remember I was reading beyond can, the verses, I was just looking can take at up week. a hand there. I mean, that maybe, does seem like yeah. an odd verse to put in there. Uh, I mean, if, if he took the pen, yeah. I could easily say well, that. Well, he dots his eyes me. with a smiley face, so it and might you can be tell, easy to tell. You can tell yeah. there at that point, That's sure. A plus. So Paul. Paul with it's a friendly. smiley in the A. Very friendly letter so. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do something with that lambda at the end. In so. the originals. Which sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. cool. So it's, a, yeah, this is 
this is rounding out the letter and and uh it is it it, it kind of drops in i think we're being very selective obviously for yeah. the lectionary and for advent but it's talking about supporting each other and having the resources within the community to do that one person talks about this section as the church is a mutual aid society you know we have we have some people with more and some people with less and we take care of each other's and 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 we encourage people who are being lazy and we we work right. we work extra hard for people who don't have some and uh, we also have gifts within our within our congregation to meet the needs and he talks about one in particular um you know the gift of prophecy mm-hmm. which uh, I, think, I do love that he drops in one last time the whole point of this letter in here keep you blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ mm-hmm. <laughs> hasn't hasn't happened yet right we're not done you haven't missed it you know it's yeah and nor nor you do you despair no yeah don't despair they weren't quite clear either and don't yeah don't keep sounding blameless at that coming so. yeah and these people, as we, you know, we've only dipped into Thessalonians a few times, but they've suffered a lot. Yeah, uh, it's right. A community that's suffered a lot over a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be, you know, don't stop praying, don't stop giving things. So it, right. it might be endurance it, for them. That you know, could very well be. Things, you know. Yeah. Uh, don't don't let don't let what has happened shake you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not mm-hmm. done yet. Continue to rejoice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good word. Mm. Well, I'll test it out. Okay, test it out, <laughs> and then we'll see if it's a good word. How about John 1? More words. John 1. You love John 1. It's Yeah, this it, has been sliced and diced a bit. It's but, a okay. favorite of yours. Let me grab so. a Bible and I'll, uh, I'll fill in. Fill in the gaps for us here? Not all. All right, so we will start at John 1, 6 to 8, and then 19 to 28. So uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Don't say, oh, you already told us who. And uh, well, that's how John is. He starts yeah. at the, he finishes it too. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you a prophet? (laughs) He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Uh He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you're neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of a sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Yeah. Short answer for uh, that question, well, what do you say about yourself is nothing. I say nothing about myself. Yes. I only talk about the guy coming after me, and I only yeah. talk about myself to the degree that I can compare him as stronger, more powerful, greater. Yeah, it, it's a, it's interesting that it's in keeping with John's role in the other Gospels, but it's a, it's distinctive in, in John's own way. I'm surprised they don't include um, verse, what is it? Is it 15? Yeah, 15 from John 1, 15, um, because it's parallel to there was a man sent from God, his name was John, he came as a witness to testify. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of a motif, you know, right at the prologue of um, a trial motif. Okay? Oh, okay. Because we read this, and we read this language of testify and give witness, we yeah. read it as religious uh 
It's legal. Lang, yeah, lang, it, it, we use it as religious language, but it's legal language. It's legal language. You know, I know you. I hear this a lot when you preach. You say, "Can I get a witness?" And, <laughs> and people say, "Testify, brother." And, I do a lot of call and response. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, oh yeah, that's just nature. So, so people hearing that so much from you, they might think of this as courtroom <laughs> language. <laughs> but yeah, this is a this is John's role as a witness, and also that's exactly what he says in fifteen. Ah. Because it doesn't talk about John except for those two places. John bore witness to him and cried, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, for he was... And it's on another page. Before me. Well, this, oh, <laughs> well the you. person, please read that back. I have no idea what John said. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, there's a scribe there taking, taking it all down, because it was a courtroom. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is one of the places where they realized that um, it helped people realize... Oh, the first 18 verses are a very elaborate chiasm, because here's John, who doesn't kind of breaks the flow up, and then he shows up again, breaking the flow. Oh, okay. You know, uh, in, the, in a way, it's like kind of help people chart out, like, oh my, this is quite, quite interesting, the way this, this all breaks down in this inverted parallelism. But John's role... Okay, so starting in verse 6, so yeah. 6 to 14 is a... Or excuse me, 6 to... S- it, uh, it's a 15. No, it's a chiasm. A, you get both both slices of bread. No, uh, well, the whole thing is a chiasm. The whole chapter is a chiasm. No, from one one to one eighteen, the prologue is a chiasm. One one to one eighteen. Yeah, is a chiasm. is a very very detailed chiasm. Wow! It's so like, that in the beginning was the word, and the word with God is par- is parallel to no one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who mm-hmm. is close to the Father's heart, who has made Him known. Yeah, it uses very philosophical, broad. Mm-hmm. Um, language that kind of resonates with Jews and Greeks, but then becomes more uh, relational and family language. Um, so being the, the word is, the logos is towards God. It's relational um, prepositions and it's dynamic, but it's okay. more, it's fleshed out literally in by the end um, that he's in the, the bosom of the father. And the, Okay. So the six through nine chapters and then, Comes up with so, fifteen. Yeah. So John John's role as a witness kind of yeah uh, is Sorry, found, I'm, I'm fascinated by chiasm. So. Yeah, it it's interesting. And people always people until fairly recently thought the center of the chiasm. You can read it poetically. You can read it chronologically. And they would say it works either way because the center is the uh, incarnation in 14. Oh, the word became flesh. But if you do a very careful analysis of the chiasm, which I assume you have, it's not no, but. Whole pepper house. Uh, and <laughs> that's not the center. What is the center? The center is is uh, so John's so awesome. The center. <laughs> you do. You have a level of excitement in this. Yeah. Well, it, it's it blows me away because I gave a paper on this, as you know. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, where's the center? Uh, so uh, he came to his own. The center is twelve and thirteen. But to all who received him, he who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So in the, awesome, uh, in the awesomeness of John being John, he skips over the, uh, any, any Christmas story or any even virgin birth story and just starts with incarnation. He's going, he's, he goes all he's, the way back. He goes, yeah, it goes as far as you can go theologically. Um, but he doesn't, but it, what he would, the language you would normally use for virgin birth, he uses for Christian's new birth. Okay, that's right. In this Greek. is the language that you find the early church fathers using to describe Jesus' virgin birth. John has reappropriated it after, you know, maybe two or three generations of Christians who are expecting to hear something about virgin birth. He uses it to talk about the believer's about new birth. The believer's birth. I go, that's just so amazing. That's clever. He's such a, 
he's so profound. He's such a genius. I mean, and doing all of this with very simple Greek. Very That's simple. The th- Small that, vocabulary. That is the thing that amazes me. Yeah. Is yeah. how easy John is to read in Greek uh-huh. and how deep it is yeah. as he goes through it. Right. So, so okay, reminds so, me of a joke. So, yeah. <laughs> which I won't tell. So, so John's right. role is to be a witness to Jesus. That's okay. his, his, that overlaps with his role in the others, but it's been, it's been narrowed down. It's focusing on that as a laser beam. That he's, and only he's not the baptizer here. He doesn't baptize. He does Jesus. not baptize yeah. Jesus. Yeah, you don't have a. You don't read about that yeah. in John. Yeah, yeah, you don't see that happen. Yeah, you, have, you see it in the synoptics, mm-hmm. but John doesn't talk about it. now. Right. Does he not do that because he wants to emphasize the witnessing, or does he not do that because there's still this question of who's the stronger party, and he doesn't want there to be confusion? That seems to be uh, not. Um, that might have contributed to confusion uh, in the, the historical uh, mm-hmm. ministries of John and Jesus. However, the fact that the synoptics included it, it's not insurmountable. Okay. They deal with it in the context of him baptizing. Right. You know, and baptizing Jesus. So it's not insurmountable. I think John is like, he's focusing like a laser beam on, on, on witness on witness and this whole trial motif. Okay. That the word is on trial. And so as you read through John again and again, you as a reader, you have to come to verdict again and again. No matter where an argument starts, it always ends up being about who is Jesus and where does it come from? Hey, you're carrying something on the Sabbath. You're breaking the Sabbath. Well, the argument turns into who's Jesus? Who's Jesus? Yeah, it always, it always ends up that way, and it's, it feels like a trial. And it's probably why we give it to seekers and new believers, because it's like, we don't know why, but I think you should read this first. You yeah, know? read it's John. Like, one of the reasons I think we intuit is that people come, you, you're forced to come to conclusions. It yeah. draws you into this narrative. And one, another way that he reinforces the uh, trial motif is that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he, and historically, he cleansed the temple at the end of his ministry, because if you cleanse the temple, that is the end of your ministry, because you don't get away you with that. You don't get to do it. Yeah, People you don't will to kill you as soon right. as they can get you away from the crowds. That's the first public event in, in John. Right. So one of the reasons he's like provoking a reader is like, well, that's not the way it happened. It's probably, it's a reinforced like, no. This is the whole of his ministry is like the Passion Week where they're gunning for him and he's on trial. All right. So push that forward, you know. And uh, whereas that was the precipitating event of his death, uh, his trial and death in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, yeah. he's put it as a first event. So to it basically him. give the clue that this book is about the trial of who Jesus is. Yeah. It's all about coming to a conclusion about who Jesus is and, and, and talking about his entire ministry as a trial. So having oh. done that, if you take away the precipitating event of his death, Put it at the front. You have something left open. Right. What, what is the precipitating, what is the precipitating event? event? I, and it's Lazarus. Lazarus, yeah. Raising someone from the dead. Yeah. Uh, it's called Testing heavy, the Old Testament guy here? I got that right. That's called dark <laughs> irony. That's heavy irony. It's like, he's he's raising people from the dead. We have to kill him. Yeah. They literally say that. Caiaphas <laughs> literally says that. Oh, wow. So in some ways, John is doing—now watch me bring this back to our year B gospel— in some ways, explain this in a, in a way that we can do this as a Christmas pageant. If John, you would, <laughs> John is doing over the course of his entire gospel what I've often wondered Mark is doing at the end yeah. when the women were terrified and didn't tell anybody anything. Yeah, and Mark ends traditionally yeah. at sixteen eight. Yeah. Right? That, that longer they went ending out and is said not original. Nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Because they were afraid. And oh, it, roll the credits. And then it leaves the music. It leaves the. The reader to decide. Yeah. So, what are you going to do uh-huh. with yes. who this Jesus uh-huh. is? Yeah. Then, yeah, it's different ways to 
engage the reader. It requires a response. And so here, that signal of putting the precipitating event of Jesus's death at the beginning of the gospel mm-hmm. comes back to this, John is witnessing about it, and there's your signal. Who are you going to, what are you going to do with this Jesus? Yeah. Uh, it has this, it, it play, he plays with time more than, uh, uh, who's the director who did Inception? Uh, no, I don't remember the director of Inception. He's the guy who always plays with time. Okay. Even in his, uh, the one on uh, the recent World War Two movie okay. uh, uh, Nor- with Tom Normandy. Holland? Oh no, uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah, he plays with time. Have you seen that? No, I not. You told me it was really. It's good. all about playing with time. He did momentum. Everything's about time. He plays with time like like John or John plays with time like him. It's it, and it it affects you. He's like, wow, I just watched this. I just watched a movie about World War, a historically accurate movie about World War II, but I feel like I'm leaving a science fiction movie. I'm like, I'm questioning reality. Oh, wow. Okay. It's interesting what that does. Yeah. But uh, it has it has this post-resurrection experience. The whole of Jesus' ministry kind of looked back through mm-hmm. through the resurrection. Well, we're going to get far afield, but that's why some people say, uh, no, I'm not even going to get into it, <laughs> who the beloved disciple is and why I would have this post-resurrection experience. Some people say it's Lazarus, you know. Okay. I don't think it's Lazarus. I think that that's a... That's the device of the story that you could you could kind of think of it as Lazarus. I don't think it is Lazarus. That's not going to help anyone, is it? <laughs> no, I don't, well, I don't know. Throw that I'm, into the I'm Christmas just story. Sitting here wondering about that <laughs> beloved disciple, and I think yeah, we, we think in short, we're saying John is deep. John is John, John is, is deep. deep, and and you know, it's funny. I've never. You're right. When I hear witness and testify, I hear that religious la- mm-hmm. religious language, mm-hmm. and you pointing out that that's judicial language yeah. and setting up a trial that then is signaled in a minute by the by the cleansing of the temple. Yeah. That that's helpful, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. They keep asking, who are you? I'm not anybody except who I am in relationship to Christ. Yeah. And and this is this is yeah, that's that's really he keeps he says less and less and he's like, I'm not gonna t- I'm I'm the guy who points to the guy after me, you know? Yeah. And um John gets, you know, he he gets to amazing titles of Jesus by the end of chapter one. They're, they've all said, of them. They, all of the all of the titles are used by the end. It's like, well, what are you going to do with Except the rest? Savior who gets used yeah, by yeah, the Samaritan, Samaritan woman. woman. Yeah, in three, right. Chapter yeah. four. Yeah. Um, what you're going to do is you're going to read Jesus' ministry through all those titles, through all those yeah. high Christology titles, and you're going to think about it as not just simply as his ministry, but as signs of. Pointing to mm. this, this larger and it is so helpful to think reality. less of these as biographies and more of these as sermons. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah because these drawing is... from history to preach to situations that the church finds itself in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's absolutely that's good. Absolutely, and so the, so second or third generation Christians, you're going to preach that message different. Yeah. These people are so used to hearing church and tradition. You know how. How you could be unchurched, and then suddenly you're talking about, you're washed in the blood of the Lamb, and you've got right. all this insider speak, and it's just going in one ear and out the other. Right. Well, a few generations of that, I think that's why preachers and good communicators like John, they provoke you to think, love, they use language and ideas that you're used to, but in a fresh way that mm-hmm. makes you think about what you're actually say you believe. Just, you know? When you said that, I was thinking about Cotton Patch Gospel yeah. or yeah, you know, Clarence Patch. Jordan right. and the work he mm-hmm. did. And, yeah, a great communicator. Yeah. Well, and... and uh, uh, here, oh, I just lost it. What was I going to say about this? Oh, yeah. So you have a lot of presupposed history and shared information. And so when they come to John, they go, who are you? He goes, well, not the Messiah. <laughs> like, 
Assuming that's presumed, right? As yeah. opposed to like, right. if, if someone came and asked me, hey, 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 who are you? If I'm walking by, well, not the next president of the United States. It's like, yeah, I wasn't asking that. I wasn't that. going there. Yeah, okay. That, that was not the presupposition. Okay. Yeah. Presupposition here is like, you are, you know, you are all these things. So. You have to generally, not the janitor. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No, no, no. Not my job. I'm not going to clean that up. <laughs> Yeah, he's not actually. When things. I was in grad school, that yeah. was a presupposition. Yeah. that's a different issue. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's a dirtier job than being a janitor? Being a painter. That's what you said. Yeah, <laughs> it's the dirtiest job I've ever had. I was janitor for a preschool. I'd still rather paint. So. Okay, well, although well, I was preschool, that's I was painting yeah. too. So okay. you know that was a different issue. Well, this is great. Enough about us. We're just here to point to Jesus. I'm not not the Messiah. (laughs) I can tell you that. Because we're not the Messiah. This much I know. Nor are we Elijah, clearly. right. Or one of the prophets. (laughs) Obviously. So then who are you? I think we made our case. I am nothing apart from who I am with regard to Christ. That's who I am. Yeah. That's all he does. And then then he points his disciples to Jesus when Mm -hmm. Jesus shows up again. There's a dude I was talking about. Yeah. Go follow him. And they do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I got a really good, as I said, there's a very good uh, video on Gospel of John. Just uses words of John. It's very thoughtful. And they have a, they've cast a great John. He's he's just crazy enough looking that it's like, yeah, that's a good John. Really? He's just got <laughs> yeah. that wild look it's to really him. really good casting. What's the name of it? <sighs> Let me oh, grab sorry. it. I keep referring me, to it. You keep talking about it, and I, no. I thought for sure uh, you would have it on your... Oh, well. It's, it's good, huh? <laughs> it's so good it you can't good. remember. Teaching John is probably so is that it sitting on top of the Bible there? Yes. Oh, look at that. <laughs> it's on my stacks of books. It's called The Gospel of John. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They are committed. I can uh, see how that slipped your mind with such an esoteric title. But if you, if you, then you go, which gospel? The subtitle is For God So Loved the World. Oh, okay. The Gospel of John, colon, no, for God's actually, love you the know, world. No, actually, you know, this is from, uh, the text is from uh, American Bible Society's Good News. So it's, for God loved the world so much. Okay. Although, there you go. Or, though I think you might translate that thusly, you know. Well, this that's is a, no. that's oh, there's John. a handy tip. Oh. Yeah. yeah, look at that guy. On the left? Uh, that guy there. Yeah, Yeah, on the left. I didn't know how many pictures there were. That's, uh, okay. Biker John. He does, it is Biker John. <laughs> yeah. With, with frosted tips, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's got uh, <laughs> biker John. It's like a, one of Robin's merry men. Some biker, biker John. <laughs> All right. And these guys in the black, I don't trust them. No, sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a good feeling about them. We haven't finished the video, but I don't feel good about. That's them. probably not good. They're probably those guys. Wonder how that works out for Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Oh, fingers crossed. Well, thanks for listening this week. I hope that your uh, Advent season is is moving along. I hope that uh, Christmas is is coming happily for you. Uh, I hope that you can avoid the dragon that is ready to Ooh, consume yeah. baby Jesus in Revelation 12. Wow. That's never a Christmas text no, I get to see, but no. the dragon's out there. Worst so Christmas ever. Be, beware the dragon's ready to consume your joy. Uh, hopefully you can find some hope uh, and, and be like Mary uh, mm. and magnify the Lord this week. Yes. So have a great week and we'll talk to you again. Blessings. Yes, we'll get the phones fixed and we'll take your calls (laughs) next week. Blessings.